Well, we've hit the middle of the week here on a Wednesday, and I feel like it's a perfect opportunity to dive into another What If Wednesday here on the podcast. And this is one has actually been very much asked about or even suggested that I talk about. So I figured I'd go ahead and give it a try today. What if KJ Jefferson won the Heisman in 2022? Let's dive into it here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday. Again, closer and closer to football season is really what it's all about. I think you're at this point 31 days, 30, no, 30 days, 31 days, 31 days away from Razorback football getting started up. So uh, roughly a month, uh, I think actually if it's, uh, no, it's tomorrow's be officially a month, but you see what I'm saying. You're not too far away from uh, football season finally starting up. And uh, I know the excitement continues to ramp up, which this was perfectly like place for what I wanted to do on the podcast today, or at least uh, one of the segments, because it's a what if Wednesday. And uh, I know we already discussed what if Arkansas won the SEC championship this year. We did that with Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast. And I wanted to do this one because this is one that's pretty far-fetched or at least unlikely, but also one that could happen if everything goes according to plan. Like it's one of those things where it seems so far away, but it's still fun to think about. And the question that got posed was what if KJ Jefferson won the Heisman in 2022? What would that mean? What would that look like? How would that happen? Like just all the things coming through it. And I'll say this. KJ is absolutely a good enough athlete and a good enough quarterback to win the Heisman. That's a fact. I think he proved that last year, and I think he's going to prove it again this year based on his throwing ability based on his passing ability and based on his clutch gene that he has and has proven that he has. I think all of those elements is what is going to make him be possibly a contender for the Heisman once it's all said and done. But the thing is, is that about KJ, we'll, we'll start with what he needs to do because it's what he needs to do, what the team needs to do. Like those are two different things, but what he needs to do to win the Heisman is that first off, he's got to be able to limit his mistakes similar to what he did last year. The guy only threw four interceptions. And honestly, other than the, maybe that fumble against Auburn that got uh, picked up for a touchdown in the end zone, uh, if he didn't really fumble it uh, that often at all, that was any, even costly. So you're talking about a very, very small amount of turnovers that were caused by K.J. Jefferson. I feel like that's got to be the first and foremost thing he's got to do, which I think he's capable of doing it. The next thing is, is that he is going to have to, because it is numbers-based. Like, I'm not saying it's all about numbers, because if it was all about numbers, Hendon Hooker of Tennessee or Will Rogers would be in the Heisman Trophy talk because they have great numbers and they put up a lot of stats. But he does have to get to a certain threshold. I think that you have to be, if you're a quarterback that's going to win the Heisman, you have to get to that, at least that 3,000-yard passing mark. I think if you get to that at minimum, that's going to be where people are saying, okay, it wasn't just like you were a, you know, an average passer like that. That makes you a good to great quarterback right there, putting up 3000 yards, especially in the SEC West through the air. 
I think rushing, he might have to get to a thousand yards. And I, I think if he went for like 850, 900, you know, maybe be able to work with that depending on, uh, you know, the touchdowns he scored, rushing touchdowns and everything. But I feel like if he led the team in rushing, was able to get to that close to that thousand yard mark, had say double digit touchdowns on the ground, and then throw in the passing touchdowns of say like 25 to 30, we'll say 30 just to be on the safe side. Those would be the types of numbers that you would need to have if you were going to be a Heisman contender in general. Uh, so get to that 3,000-yard passing mark, 25 to 30 touchdown passes. Also have less than seven interceptions. I think you even need less than that, but not many interceptions at all. Not many fumbles, not many turnovers. You need to have that. You need to have nearly 1,000 yards rushing, maybe double-digit touchdown runs. And also you'd have to complete at least 70% of your passes. Which again, all of those things, KJ Jefferson's perfectly capable of. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the plan for him. I don't know if that's the route that they're going to want to go, but that at least is something that he is perfectly able to do. And then on top of that, as an individual, he needs to have that Heisman moment, which every great quarterback has usually during the season, which once again, KJ is perfectly capable. Now, what is a Heisman moment? What does that look like? Well, a few things that you can do, of course, is something like our KJ did last year, where with the game on the line, he leads his team down for a touchdown to either win the game or to uh, you know, go to overtime and win it that way, whatever it may be. But when the game's on the line, the ball is in your hands, you make the decisions, and you end up helping out the team in that situation. So KJ has done that last year, and I think he could do it again this year, absolutely, and maybe in some multiple occasions. That would be fine. That'd be okay. But really what would make for his Heisman moment. And this might be one of the most difficult things you would have to do. But what would make it for his Heisman moment is to do something like beat Bama. Like have a great game against Bama and beat Bama. Maybe beat them by, you know, going down the field in a clutch situation when the game's on the line and leading Arkansas for the game-winning drive. Uh, something like that. Have a, have a great game against the Crimson Tide. Or maybe you know, be able to have some other game, like a Texas A&M, if they end up being really good, or uh, an LSU. Just somebody where they're a high-level, high-quality team, and KJ has a really great game against that team, national television, CBS, 230. Like, everybody's watching that game. He has that type of moment. I think that that's going to make everybody, like, really fall through and, and go through and say that, hey, this guy's legitimately a Heisman contender. I think that that would be enough so he's got to be able to have the stats he's got to be able to to have the the Heisman moment and everything and on top of that and this might be the stuff that he does have some control over but it's going to take a joint effort the team has to be good like everyone brings up well oh, Tim Tebow went nine and four and they won he won the Heisman okay because he put up like 60 touchdowns <laughs> like he, he scored 60 touchdowns like that was incredible and then like RG3 people bring up him and he was at Baylor because they, I think they went 10 and three that year. It's like, okay, yeah, he still won double digit games and he did it at Baylor and he still had ungodly numbers. Like if you're going to have a good team and win the Heisman, you have to put up insane numbers or at least nobody else is in the competition. So the Razorback football team is going to have to be good this year. I think you got to get to at least 10 wins now or, okay, well, let me rephrase that. I think that you have to, at least win nine regular season games. I know that the, the bowl game or whatever, they got to 10, but 
It, it would be on who they beat, how they beat them. Nine, 10 wins, I think, would be possible. But double-digit wins is always going to go a lot further. I think that's going to mean a lot more. So if KJ was able to have an in the team, and the team because it is a team effort, get to that 10-win mark, and on top of that, have those numbers, and on top of that, have that Heisman moment, those are the things that could be encompassing for KJ Jefferson to finally be able to break through and win the Heisman. Now, I know there's a lot of other things that you got to bank on, like other players in the country, like what are they doing? How are they looking? You know, what is Bryce Young doing in his stats? What about C.J. Stroud up Ohio State? How's he looking? You know, what type of numbers is he putting up? Is there going to be some unknown quarterback that comes in and sets the world on fire for some random team? You know, what about Caleb Williams at USC? Like, there's going to be a lot of external stuff that Arkansas has necessarily no control over that you'll have to look at and see how those players end up playing and how they end up looking this year. But the fact of the matter is, is that KJ can only worry about what KJ does. Arkansas can only worry about what Arkansas does. And the rest of the chips can fall into place. But those are the things that really need to happen, like need to happen for KJ to really be legitimately in that discussion. And I think Arkansas and KJ Jefferson are perfectly capable of that. Now, some of you may be saying, okay, I'm getting over the top. I'm asking too much. Uh, you know, I think that he could do this if he does that, like whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, like knowing how college football works, like, and it sucks it's this way. It really sucks that this it's, it's this way. But you don't just win the Heisman at Arkansas. Like you have to be above and beyond like what everybody else is doing if you want to be able to win a Heisman at Arkansas because that's how people are going to view it. If you are a quarterback, you look like KJ Jefferson could put up the same numbers last year at like Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or wherever to USC, and he probably goes to New York because he's on those teams. But at Arkansas, you got to stand above and beyond the reproach. You got to be like light years ahead of those other guys on top of playing at Arkansas. It sucks that it's that way. It's stupid that it's that way, but it is that way. So can he put up those numbers? Can he can he be that player? Can he have that clutch gene and also stay healthy? I think that I think we all agree that's probably one of the most important things. If, but I believe if the stats are there, if the moments are there and the team is there, Who's to say that KJ Jefferson can't win the Heisman? I think it's absolutely possible. And we'll talk about what it would mean if KJ Jefferson won the Heisman this upcoming season here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events on the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening all today at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so in the first part of this show, we started talking about what if, on a what if Wednesday, K.J. Jefferson won the Heisman. Fun. Fun to talk about. Uh, but now that we know like what it would take and how it would go and the type of season that he would have, as well as Arkansas, let's have some fun with the ramifications, the impact 
that it would have if KJ Jefferson won the Heisman at Arkansas. So a lot of things would go on here. A lot of things would be impacted. First off, the even if you like, because obviously if he wins the Heisman, that means Arkansas had a great year. And I think everybody would be rejoicing in that, having fun in that, maybe a New Year's Six Bowl, something like that. Like it would be a great year and everyone's feeling good, great, grand, wonderful celebration time, popping bottles, all that fun stuff. But on top of that and on top of the celebrations and everything that go along with it, think about what it would hold for not only Arkansas, but for Sam Pittman, but for Kendall Bryles, but for, for everything. You do that and suddenly Sam Pittman has something that not many other coaches can claim that they have in all of college football, that he coached a Heisman Trophy winner. Nick Saban has at Alabama. I know that, uh, I guess, Dabo has coached one at Clemson. You could say Lincoln Riley has coached one now at USC. Uh, Jimbo Fisher has one. Still think it's lame that he only has one, and that's really the only reason these people look at him as a good coach. But still, uh, he has one. And then, you know, you start really going down the list. You're like, okay, all right. So uh, who who else? Who else has one? Oh, Ed, oh, oh, he's not, he's not coaching anymore. Urban Meyer, oh, no, he's not, he's not coaching anymore either. Uh, yeah, so uh, who else has one? <laughs> I mean, it's very limited if you really put it, put it into perspective. So just the fact that Sam Pittman would be able to claim that he coached a Heisman Trophy winner when literally the coaches I just named off have either won national championships or played for national championships in the college football playoff, you know, whatever it may be. It's a very limited list and it's a very impressive list. And Sam Pittman being on that list would be mind blowing. So suddenly he can go in with that in recruiting. You know, he can just go in and be like, okay, well, you know, KJ talking to quarterbacks, talking to wide receivers, talking to whoever to be like, I coach KJ Jefferson. You know, he won a Heisman trophy at Arkansas and you can do the same. With, with my skills, with my coaching, and your devotion and motivation and dedication to this program, I promise you, you can come right in. You can win a Heisman. I don't know why I thought it started to sound like Houston Nutt, but sorry. That just was terrible. I'm sorry, Sam Pittman. But the point is, is that he could use that in recruiting. And so that would be huge for him, and that would be huge for him as a coach and having that claim and that stake. That's something that not everybody can say. Think about the impact he would have on a guy like Kendall Bryles, who – we know the coach RG three and was had an impact in there. And of course we know RG three won the Heisman down at Baylor, but think about what it would do for him where suddenly as much as I would not want it to happen. Cause I love Kendall Browns. I think he's an incredible offensive coordinator. If he had an offense this year that not only one was part of a team that won 10 games or plus games. And also on top of that coached a Heisman trophy winner, Kendall Brawls becomes a head coach of a program next year. Like someone hires him. I don't know what he would be interested in. Maybe he wants to go back to Texas. You know, maybe if, um, you know, there's a job that opens up down there in Texas, maybe he'd go, uh, you know, maybe if there's something, you know, some other big program, Power 5 program, I should say, uh, around the country that opens up, maybe he'd give that a crack. But he would be a hot commodity and a lot of different pro uh, programs would be coming after him trying to get him on board to coach for them because, hey, you coached a Heisman Trophy winner. You, you coached an offense that was really effective at Arkansas. 
come on down, buddy. And let's let's roll with this. So the impact it would have on Kendall Browse would be he would go and get a head coaching job. And Sam Pittman, of course, would have to find another offensive coordinator, which I think he's perfectly capable of doing. But still, it would be a, a really great impact for him. So all of that would be great for the coaches. And it'd be great for KJ Jefferson because honestly, I mean, I think probably should have led with KJ, but the impact it would have on him is that essentially he could be like the number one draft pick overall, or at least a top five draft pick. And so you add all that into the mix. Holy crap. Like suddenly, um, that's another recruiting tool that Sam Pittman and Kendall Browse can both use. That not only did they coach a Heisman Trophy winner, but they coached a guy that got drafted number one overall, top five, whatever it may be. Because I, I could be wrong. I'm sure I'm, like, some of you historians are going to come after me. But I'm pretty sure that uh, Arkansas has never had like a top 10 quarterback taken in the NFL draft. Like maybe Joe Ferguson. I have to go back and look. Um so, but anyways, I, I think that it's it's possible. By the way, if, like, if you see me running my things like this, it's to show that I'm not wearing makeup like all you think people think I am. See, I'm rubbing this, nothing on the hands, no makeup. So, um, so anyways, uh, yeah, so you would have that with uh, with KJ Jefferson and him going out. And then for Arkansas, just having that trophy in their case, having that claim to fame, having the Heisman Trophy winner, that you would have to build some sort of memento and like, honoring of kj jefferson i don't know if it'd be a statue i don't know if it would be a uh you know like a something written in the in the concourse like something that's named after him something would have to happen if kj won a heisman trophy like he would have to have some sort of major honoring like that and i think the u of a would definitely do that and go for that so anyways it would be a huge impact and it would be something that a lot of people would be all about and you could kind of you know bark at other teams a little bit about it too considering that some of these places have Heisman Trophy winners, because we know like LSU's had one, and ms had one recently. Bama's had a few. Uh, we know that. Florida's had one recently. Uh, uh, Georgia, it's still surprising that Georgia hasn't had one, which I just felt like they, man, of all the talent that they have there, at some point in time, you feel like they would get in there. Um, Texas hasn't had one recently, except for like Ricky Williams. Oklahoma, once they joined the SC, they've had a bunch. But still, uh, you would be in very... Uh, a very small group of teams and coaches, if you're Sam Pittman, for uh, winning the Heisman. And it would just be nothing but a positive impact for recruiting and for the program for years to come. Like the ripple effects it would have and the boosts and momentum that would give Sam Pittman in this program would be second to none. And also, if Kendall Bryles left, or I should think he would, if he left to go be a head coach somewhere or something like that, Sam Pittman would have a lot of great offensive coordinators come calling saying, hey, we see that Kendall Bryles and what he was able to do. We can we can come in there and do that too. We can come in there and be big time as well. So it would be nothing but a positive, not only for this year for Arkansas, but for many years to come if KJ Jefferson ended up winning the Heisman. We'll close up shop here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast coming up next. So stay with us. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, I already talked about the makeup thing. I, people keep commenting that they think I wear makeup, and I don't. I do not wear makeup, I swear to you. Like, if I I am not the type where if I'm, like, doing something that, you know, people would be like, ah, you're wearing makeup, then I'd be like, no, I'm not, even though I really am. Like, no, I I have no shame, folks. I have a clothing optional beyond this point sign in my backdrop on my podcast. Like, I have no shame. So I'm not wearing makeup. I want to put that to rest. <laughs> so many people are saying that. Uh, it's funny to me, though. Like, I don't care. But 
Uh, just blessed with good skin. Actually, I think it's because I bought this new webcam. It's like 4K webcam. And it, it is point pulling out all of like the most highest of details of my face. And so that's really the only thing I can think of. So anyways, but I appreciate you guys thinking that I'm that beautiful to where it has to be makeup. It can't be real. Um, so that that was funny. But on, on a more serious note, uh, this has nothing to really to do with the Razorbacks, but just something for more me personally as a broadcaster. Uh, yesterday, I guess I should say late last night, uh, the news broke about Vince Scully, uh, the play-by-play -play man for the Los Angeles Dodgers, which, of course, is, I'm wearing a Dodgers jersey today in his honor. Uh, he passed away. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, if you listen to this podcast, you, you've definitely known that I have never been a like baseball guy. Like I, I respect baseball. It's not that I hate baseball. I, I like actually enjoy watching the playoffs and I enjoy watching Razorback baseball. I love that. But, you know, there's just so many players, so many stats, so many games. It's hard to keep up with. And but I respect baseball. Like I respect the game. And I've always I've, I've said this too. like I've always rooted for the Red Sox and rooted for the Dodgers, which I'm sure all of you just want to throw up when you hear me say that. But I was a Manny Ramirez fan and I liked it when he played for the Red Sox and I liked it when he played for the Dodgers. But either way, uh, Vince Scully passes away at the age of 94. And, you know, he was he was 67 years in broadcasting and, and calling games and everything. Um, and it's just sad because obviously, I mean, he, he was up there in age and we knew that, you know, everybody, everybody leaves this earth at some point in time. But it's just incredible where he had such an impact on so many different people, whether they're baseball fans, whether they're Dodger fans, whether they're uh, broadcast fans are just sports fans in general. And it's very rare. You can find so many people that are like unified behind one thing. And I think that one thing is definitely Vince Scully. You know, there's not people out there trying to cancel him. There's not people out there trying to spit on his grave. There's not people out like everybody loved Vince Scully from, from people that are my age to people that are of the older generations. Everybody loved Vin. And for someone that was that's in radio and, and in podcasting as well, I'll say that, like, you know, hearing his voice and hearing him call games is mesmerizing. You know, it was just like, golly, I don't even know. I don't care what you talk about. Like, just talk to me. <laughs> like, just just say things. And it, it just makes me feel so good. And he sounds so good. Like, it, it was such a unique thing that you have. And that's not something that you're, you're you can just work on. Like, that's a gift. It's a gift to be able to have that. And uh, I was always so envious of somebody like Vince Scully, where, man, just hearing him and hearing him talk, that's not something that you can just buy or earn. Like, it's just something you're gifted with. And the impact that he had on broadcasting and the fact that he was in it for so long and did what he did for so long truly just shows how much of a passion he had for it, how much he loved doing it. And I kept thinking about it just from my perspective and then with my job, I'm like, you know, I get to do this because I love it. I love my job. I love doing this podcast. I love doing broadcasting. I love doing everything that comes along with it. I love talking about the Razorbacks. Like, I have it so good. And uh, people like Vince Scully, you know, showing that passion and how he got to live that life and be so, like, involved with so many different events, like even non-Dodger events, like other baseball events and non-baseball events. Like, he was involved in some of the best calls in baseball history you'll hear Vince Scully's voice. And so it was sad to see his passing, but it was just awesome to know that um, no matter what people thought, no matter, no matter what team they rooted for or anything, they can all 
get behind the passing of an absolute legend. You know, when we throw the word goat around, the greatest of all time, when it comes to sports broadcasters, I I think that there's no contest. I don't think there's any competition. Vince Scully is the goat, is the absolute goat of sports broadcasting. And I don't think anybody, well, no one's going to get close to his longevity for sure. But it's when it comes to icons, and there's been some great ones. So I'm not trying to poo-poo on everybody else, but I mean, he's just, he's the gold standard and he will be missed. It will be missed. And I know that he had a life that was filled with a lot of great moments and one was full. So uh, this is a little, just a tribute to Vin rest in peace and uh, go Dodgers. Hopefully uh, they win the world series this year for Vin. That's what we're hoping for. And I just probably pissed off all the rest of you fans that hate the Dodgers or root for other teams, but that's okay. Either way, appreciate everybody listening in Adam. Uh, oh, I'm just talking about my radio show. See, I always got emotional. Now I'm getting thrown off because of Vin Scully. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We're going to keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you.